Greetings, everybody out there in Dreamland. Namaste and salam. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. Thank you, each and every one of you, for tuning in to another broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I am the Beyond Top Secret Texan, and I am broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast of those, the Gulf Coast of Texas, and it is my pride and privilege to be doing so, so thank you, listeners, new and old. This is your first episode, this is your 400th episode. Welcome, and please like, follow, and share, underline three times, share, share, share this content with your friends or online with your social media or on whatever services you prefer Facebook groups etc Telegram share and get this word out get the message out get the episodes in front of as many people as you can thank you I appreciate the favor we are entirely grassroots we are entirely shadow banned fighting the system it is an uphill battle it is a swimming against the stream it is fighting the good fights but we are doing it with a increasing numbers rising popular front recruiting every day to the ranks of the revolution and thank you for those who are taking the extra step into donating even if it's as little as a dollar to the Beyond Top Secret Texan Independent Media Fund so that we can finance and provide for the studio, for the podcast, and indefinitely keep pursuing truth, research, and matters of extreme importance, no matter how time-consuming or difficult they may be, for you, the viewer, so that we can offer it within a short, summarized, condensed, explained format that you call podcasts. And I know our podcasts go into the hours, one hour, two hours on the average. So imagine the content of a full-length motion picture delivered every two days on various subjects that are scarcely covered anywhere else with groundbreaking unique research and theoretical development into progressing these fields such as cryptozoology, ufology the occult, true crime, military conspiracy, political conspiracy, secret society research and onward and onward as well as providing some of the best Texas spotlighted content on the internet or in history Now, if you think that's worth it, and if you're the kind of person who's generous, that brings you a lot of happiness, brings you a lot of reward, know that it's going to a good cause, it's going to independent media, whatever you have burning a hole in your pocket, we greatly appreciate it at the Beyond Top Secret Texan program. 400 plus episodes for your, for your enjoyment, available on Spotify. Uh, available on iHeartRadio, available on podpage.com slash beyond top secret Texan. That is available for download 
free of charge, those 400 episodes. So definitely you get your bang for your buck, as it were. Also, they are free. They are absolutely free if you are want to listen first before you take that step. If you're not even going to and you just want to listen free anyway to the for the episodes, go right ahead. You're welcome to do so. They're free for your enjoyment. But please, if you're going to listen, all I ask is that you leave a review, your honest review, but a five-star review would be great. Your honest review, though, always welcome. We like reading them at the end of the year. Even if you hate me, we love reading the death threats. We love reading the one-star reviews. It takes five minutes out of your your, uh, day, out of your schedule to uh, leave a a review. You know, even if, you know, tell me how you feel. Tell me what can be improved. Tell me um, your thoughts. Let us know. Let us see it. It helps us out immensely. It helps get this uh, impression rate going up. It helps the algorithm. So thank you in advance for leaving your reviews. Thank you in advance for following, sharing, and subscribing. Exactly. You know what it says on the tin. Thank you very much for that. And thank you very much for supporting financially by tipping through Cash App, which is dollar sign beyond top secret text and all one word, lowercase you find it on the X slash Twitter profile. The X profile on the little Cash App icon right there in the profile name. It's at the top, yeah, right underneath the uh, banner picture. And then you can um, just find it through searching through Cash App itself. So thank you. And it's in the description box below. Thank you very much. Let's get into the episode. Let's dive on in. Dive on in, hit the ground running. We're going to basically talk about high technology, the high tech sector, the technocracy that is controlling Texas economically, that is controlling Texas socially, and leading Texas into the future. We're going to talk about this huge subject in a streamlined fashion. We're going to try to run through it as fast as we can. Uh, by just reading a few articles to help back it up, as well as kind of put things in perspective historically. Now, many people do not know that Texas is a high-tech supercenter. It is a groundbreaking uh, arena for engineering developments and technological developments that have enriched not only America, but the world. A variety of um, inventions that owe themselves to Texas-based companies, specifically Texas Instruments, are handheld calculators and semiconductors. Just that that as as an invention, semiconductors as an invention. As well as the produce Texas producing such engineering giants and titans of industry such as Howard Hughes and companies such as Texas Instruments or Dell Computers. Texas is no stranger to high technology. It's no stranger to high industry. Many people think oil and gas and accredit the industrial capabilities such as building oil rigs to a technical heavy industry type sector 
they give Texas credit for that. The ability to lay the pipe work for chemical refineries are, um, which are massive in the size of cities. The infrastructure necessary for that is, is incredible. But it's just laying and connecting pipe compared to, say, the high-tech sectors of the world, which are considered 21st sectors, post-industrial technologies, which that is where people are surprised to hear that Texas has a uh, quite impressive resume, as it were. To summarize, in Texas there is more than 17,600 technology firms registered across the state. They employ a combined 203,700 workers. And these include companies like Apple and WePro continuing to grow every day. These 17,000 jobs are companies, by the way, the firms. Sorry, let me just try to... It's a lot of technical jargon, and I'm just kind of like getting my notes all together. The 17,600 firms are all licensed and registered under these following job criteria. As I said before, many people would give us and believe any kind of heavy industry or energy sector. But could you believe that these industries are leading the world, not just the country, but the world, in pharmaceutical and medicine manufacturing, computer and peripheral equipment manufacturing, semiconductor and other electronic component manufacturing, navigational measuring electromedical and control instruments manufacturing, aerospace products and parts manufacturing, software publishing, internet publishing and broadcasting, other telecommunications efforts like fiber optics, internet service providers and web search portals, data processing, hosting, and related services, architectural engineering and related services, computer systems designs and related services, and scientific research and development services. Many of these companies and firms were created after 2010, specifically between the years 2012 to 2022. Texas has had a recent brain gain leading to a remarkable rise in Texas' talent profile. Shares of its native populations pursuing higher educations and also the migration of highly educated and trained workers both nationally and internationally into the state in recent years. Currently, 37% of the Texas workforce ages 25 through 65 is college educated, a bachelor's degree or higher. A significant improvement from 31% in 2012. A sizable portion, 26% of the six percentage points arise can be attributed to becoming a net importer of talent from states like California.
Also, the state is promising highly skilled workers immigration status, which helps innovate firms as well as build international relationships, further bolstering Texas' presence in the knowledge economy. It really is riding the wave of changing technologies and the fusions. I remember this is from a state, the state of Texas, that has a $2.355 trillion a yearly GDP. $2.355 trillion gross state product every year. with 53 total Fortune 500 companies, all providing the uh, logistics and customer service base for many of these high-tech service companies, typically dealing with uh, administrative software design and our um, you know, high-technology you know, engineering on an on a intellectual or a high knowledge scale, like researching, uh, running computer models, data analytics, tabulations, etc. With this, with this fund foundation, with this extremely powerful foundation of heavy industry, providing a research money, uh, state funding for uh, grants and for uh, loans, the banks providing loans because they're getting all this money from these already established industries and the established technology industries are already profitable already profitable <clears throat> they gross more than 300 billion a year in export exports which is more than exports of California 175 billion and New York 100 billion combined right so even on agriculture and just like the wealth of the land In fact, the <clears throat> sorry. In fact, the entire uh, state of Texas can be considered a technocracy, otherwise known as a super sector. Which all depends on technology. One hundred percent depends on software, calculators. Uh, the computer programs that run local offices, the administrators, the the, bureauc- the bureaucracies of running these companies, the payroll, for example, all of it. As well as every single business service, education and health service, leisure and hospitality sector, manufacturing sector, financial service sector, construction sector, energy sector, Information and technology sector, 
all of it, all of it. It relies on the advanced technological uh, progress and state of development that Texas currently has and has been creating over the years. It absolutely can qualify as a technocracy at this point. Many people aren't aware of this, but they even have their own Silicon Valley, known as Silicon Hills. It's a nickname for a cluster of high-tech companies in Austin metropolitan area in the U.S. state of Texas. Silicon Hills has been nicknamed for Austin since the mid-1990s. The name is analogous to Silicon Valley, but refers to the hilly terrain on the west side of Austin. High-tech industries in the area include enterprise software, semiconductors, corporate R&D, biotechnology, the video game industry, and a variety of startup companies. Technology companies with offices in the area include, but are not limited to, advanced micro devices, Amazon.com, Apple Inc., Arm Holdings, Cisco, eBay, the ESO, Facebook, Google, IBM, Indeed, Intel, NXP Semiconductors, PayPal, Procore, Silicon Labs, Texas Instruments, Oracle Corporation, Visa, VMware, and many others. Dell's worldwide headquarters are located in Round Rock, a suburban of Austin. And a list of tech companies with their presence in the greater Austin area, which is known as the Emerging Texas Triangle, uh, the mega, uh, megalopolis of metroplexes between Houston Metroplex, Austin Metroplex, and Dallas Metroplex, which is the basically the three largest cities or three largest urban sectors in Texas, um, if you don't count San Antonio for its own thing, but it's, you know, at that point, not a triangle. It becomes a four-pointed um, diamond-type shape. The populations of which are in the tens of millions of people, over 10 million people, and the GDP of which is in the, you know, basically in the trillions at that point, being the heart of the finance and population sectors, the urban sectors. Houston is the fourth largest city in America with 6 million people approximately inside the city. Dallas is the, uh, I believe, the eighth largest city in America. Uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, with populations varying in their estimation, and then Austin itself with a number of its elite politicians, suburbs, etc., also running into the millions. Um, And then connecting all the small towns in between with simple drives and commutes, and even intending in the future to build a high-speed rail, making the commute between Houston and Dallas 90 minutes and doable within a day. Uh, to go back and forth between Houston and Dallas within a well-planned day. Um, That being said, the list of tech companies with their presence in Texas are AMD, Adobe, Amazon, Apple, 
Applied Materials, Arm Holdings, AT&T, Atlassian, Big Commerce, Bizarre Voice, BioWare, Blizzard Entertainment, Bold Commerce, Buffalo Technology, Bumble, Cirrus Logic, Cisco Systems, Cloudera, Dell, Dropbox, eBay, Electronic Arts, Facebook, Flextronics, Freescale Semiconductors, General Motors, Google, Hewlett Packard, HomeAway, Hoover's, HostGator, John Deere, IBM, Indeed, Infineon, Informatica, Intel Corporation, Magento, Microsoft, National Instruments, Nokia, NVIDIA, Nintendo, NXP Superconductors, Oracle, PayPal, Plainview, Polycom, Qualcomm, Pushnami, Rackspace, Rapid7, Redgate, Residio, Retail Me Not, Roku, Rooster Teeth Entertainment, Samsung Group, Silicon Laboratories, Smith & Nephew, SolarWinds, SpaceX, Spark Cognition, Tableau, Talru, Tesla, Tesla Incorporated, TikTok, True Inter Technologies, United Devices, United Tech, Virtual Group, Visa, VMware, Xerox, Zanga, and Zalton. Fucking crazy list of absolute fucking legends when it comes to technology, at least American-produced technology. Uh, video game industry, for example, even though they might have destroyed themselves with the Black Rock message, their monolithic control still is self-evident in that, yes, these are our corporate technological masters across all 50 states, and they have offices, literally headquarters and branch, uh, branch headquarters and offices uh, in Texas. Are their headquarters moved officially to Texas, operating within this Texas Triangle. Fucking crazy. And that's known as Silicon Hills. A lot of this got its start over the course of the years through another thing in Austin known as South by Southwest, which for a long time was fronted by the hedonism of the rock and roll culture scene, but also had a backbone of technology, networking through conference centers, and very joyless, yuppie-type people would go to South by Southwest not for the drugs or for the sex or for the women or for the men, or for the music, or for the food, or the seeing Texas, you know, for, you're not local to Texas, you got to come to Texas and see Austin, and this is going to be like bragging rights. No, they would come to do business for startups, to get funding, to go to conferences, to go to panels, to hear people who had designed either technologies or websites, give talks. And either they were hip and young, and this was like the edgy way to do it. But in reality, it was a, it was an opportunity to advance your career, or to learn something 
or to uh, prove you knew something to people who mattered in the tech world. And this was uh, well established. I started going to South by Southwest in 2006, and I went till 2010, and it was already by that time, like you knew who those people were because they were never at the concerts and they were always uh, at the uh, conference center downtown and they were always, um, you know, like nerds. They were just walking around, always uptight, always on cell phones. Uh, You never saw them mingle or anything. And then you would realize that these were a lot of people who were going to the VIP shows afterwards, the people who had millions of dollars, who were going to be drinking with musicians, hipster musicians, etc., and and partying. But, you know, not, not they were the elite. They were the ones who were giving these talks, etc. No, they weren't having, like, a time of their fucking lives and shit like that. It was just, that's how hypocritical the whole South by Southwest experience is, is that it's, you think it's an organic thing for people to enjoy, but in reality, it's a party thrown for the elite of these corporations that have their roots in Texas, uh, either in Austin itself or elsewhere. So some Dell CEO, so some Dell, um, you know, fucking hot shot, big shot, whatever, uh, can, can hang out and pretend he's still cool in his 50s and listen to hipster music and try to get a, a college kid to suck his dick or some shit for some blow. That's what South by Southwest is. Those are the fucking corpo techo fucks that ruined California and ruined uh, California because they're uh, San Francisco, etc. Because they don't give a shit about the city. They live in these extremely well-to-do houses. They go internationally. They're always traveling. They can afford to. But they, all they do is they have the world by the balls because they know things about coding that keep electronic systems that administer the companies that create these profits and manage the workforce. Um, they keep them running and they keep them efficiently, like effortlessly running. People who control PayPal, for example, PayPal created by Elon Musk, uh, which is how Elon Musk got his money, and he didn't really create it. He kind of just took over the company and hijacked it as a starter. Uh, these people uh, have the world by the balls, not because they're necessities and they're vital, but because they can generate, uh, basically, and have become adopted by um, hipsters and people who are young and ways of doing business and, and conducting you know daily life. And then not everyone has to use it, but just a percentage of the people have to use it, playing the numbers game for them to start generating enough money to then start having uh, huge workforces, start going international, like getting money from investors. Before you know it, you can pay for basically everything now via PayPal. It's like an unofficial arm of finance, and you know, and it has things like competitors like Cash App, etc. This is how just life is done. Um, and I think that should always be talked about in terms of uh, Texas and its influence in this corpo landscape, that because the digital, the elite being the only ones that can actually master the digital because of their educations, there's a great divide between the common person, the person who can't control the digital, and the people who can control the digital. And it's no... It's not no coincidence, but it's not... It's not a small matter. It's not a insignificant matter that a huge number of them 
live in Texas and especially around the suburban areas of Austin, Dallas, and Houston who have an extremely large uh, power base and wealth base in Texas and form basically the core heart and identity of Texas uh, outside of South Texas, which is heavily Latinized and Mexican, but is at the same time completely subjugated by these other classes of people financially. But here's this article I found uh, about this uh, South by Southwest reality written in 2011, which was around the time of the Occupy Wall Street movement. And so it has a different tone to it. A tone that is rarely ever shared nowadays across online platforms and the world now owned and operated by tech billionaires seemingly exclusively and with a monopoly over all expression, mass media, and social media. Entitled, Reality Crashes the Technocrats Party. Austin, Texas. A new global aristocracy is in the making and it gathers every year in a city whose favorite t-shirt slogan is Keep Austin Weird. Like aristocracies in the past, it has its own rituals and symbols and practices and it conceives of itself as uncynically serving the best interests of mankind from ivory towers. Like aristocracies in the past, it seeks to remake the remainder of humanity in its image. It reaches into the innards of our consciousness to shape what we believe, how we spend our days, how we love, who we love, and reason and remember ourselves. This emerging aristocracy is, of course, the techno, the technocracy, the technocracy, yeah, the technocracy. The thousands of men and women who are striving through the gadgets and services they sell to change the texture of being human, to change fundamental things about all our relationships with time, with our brains, and with each other. To spend five days at South by Southwest in Austin, the preeminent, preeminent global gathering for the technocrats is to observe all this and concentrate. Here they are surrounded by believers. Here the Luddites and cynics and late adopters are scarce. Here they can lay bare inner thoughts and be frank about their future plans. South by Southwest, as it is known, is the feeling of a pilgrimage where devotees of the civil religion of technology mixed with what some dubbed spring break for nerds. All night dance parties, ample free food and booze, messages stirred, as it were, with single malts. The technocrat is worthy of anthropological analysis. He and the elite are predominantly, though not exclusively, male. Favor uh, plaid clothing, sometimes multiple layers of it, that purposely clashes. He likes chunky glasses that distract from his face. His music is the music of mostly white, guitar-strumming, angsty bands. Not the throbbing salsa and hip-hop and house and pop that move much of the rest of the world. When listening to this music, the technocrats dance in their own way. 
you will seldom see two technocrats dancing together, as the old-fashioned and the young and lusty do elsewhere. Technocrats tend to dance facing forward, solo, eyes on the band, spared of having to overcome physical awkwardness or intimacy. This is how this crowd renders a dance floor at midnight on a Saturday into that rare space that feels asexual and earnest. The most striking thing about the technocrats, though, is their nature of their imagination. Algorithmic imaginations. Such an imagination conceives of human problems as fundamentally solvable, so long as we have the tools to find the objective right answer. Technocrats tend to ask questions of how, not why. Their world may be rife with design problems, but it appears all but devoid of moral or philosophical ones. The moral imagination senses that objective right answers are elusive, and that the act of solving problems often requires taking sides. There may be an algorithm for building better structures in Japan, but there is no algorithm for Libya. There are only choices and disputation and trade-offs, earning the wrath of some to do right by others. The technocrats are more silent on the latter kind of question. At discussions I attend, they generally repeated their mantra that more technology will refine the world, that it is only a matter of time. But outside the South by Southwest bubble, and sometimes within it, forceful questions are starting to be asked about the technocracy and what it wishes for us. To dip into some recent writings, James Gleick of as asking whether information has become the new crack cocaine. Evni Moroz and Malcolm Gladwell are asking whether it really is the case, as so many casually assume, that more internet always means more freedom and openness. Nicholas Carr is asking whether we are losing our powers of reading and writing. Scientists around the world are asking what this new oxygen of constant connectedness does to our brains. A telling moment of South by Southwest involved the question of crowdsourcing. Lucas Baywald, founder and chief executive of Crowdflower, was invited to tell his company's story. He spoke of the wonders of taking a large task such as verifying the phone numbers of businesses listed in a directory and farming it out to ordinary people in their homes through the internet. He suggested that while coercion was possible in a physical sweatshop, it could not happen online in a digital workspace. A transparency of the internet, he said, makes it near impossible for firms like his to exploit their workers. Then Jonathan Zittrain, a Harvard Law professor, spoke. Mr. Zittrain is a fan of the internet and has built his career in studying it. Built in the South by Southwest bubble, he seemed to feel compelled to be the grown-up talking of risks and threats. How do we know what crowdsourcing companies pay fairly? On whom is this distributed workforce? And where does the liability fall? How do we ensure that children are not exploited? How should we judge Internet Eyes, a British company that pays users to watch uh, closed-circuit TV footage and look for crimes without security training? or the site used to crowdsource the identities of anti-government demonstrators in Iran.
These are moral questions, not algorithmic ones. Amid the dancing and feasting and networking at South by Southwest, they drizzle like rain on the parade of the partygoers. So there we have an article written over 10 years ago about the decadent Neo-Babylonian technocrats in their great Tower of Babel seeking to further expand their services and exploit this digital world for greater and greater personal profits while indulging in the luxuries of a country for uh, increasingly getting um, both more mediocre and desperate in its disparity and labor division, class division, cultural division, identity division, And they are forming a secular tribe, a civil religion that seeks to conquer the world, but through technology and through methodology using the internet and digital age. This was written in 2011 with the moral quandary being the war and invasion of Libya as a non-algorithmic, real-world, moral and ethical question that the technocrats were either cold-hearted to or completely incapable of addressing besides the adherence to their own systems that they were trying to push. Very interesting. Very interesting take on it. And it's absolutely one that I agree on. And neither should anyone else uh, disagree because the ethics of the technocracy is of an intellectual um, tribe. It is a tribe based on only the politicization of logic and the ideological appeal of a rarely explored form of populism. That of technocratic populism. And it's as autocratic and as uh, divisive and as elitist as any religious or priest class failing to address the real factors of the world or the effects that they exist in while they hoard wealth by uh, seemingly divine mandate or the ability to communicate or harness esoteric, eclectic knowledge. By the way, this isn't the uh, this is the uh, an impossible situation. This isn't a new situation. The internet culture has been rising rapidly in Texas since the 1980s, and technology companies having existed here since the 1950s. And given this, the high education, the high intelligence of uh, your average Texan, there are hacker groups that are grassroots phenomenons in Texas that are legendary and give me hope that there is enough spirit of rebellion and spirit of liberty and freedom and freedom of thought and freedom of mind from these very same areas 
like the wheat and the chaff growing together in the same field until harvest, that they are able to counteract and thwart as well as, uh, you know, basically serve as both a rebellion and a resistance to this evil monolithic empire of autocratic technocrats and plaid that operate in these downtown cool hipster offices for these Fortune 500 uh, elitists and these tech companies, which are mostly at this point financed by China. And I will get to that point, um, you know, as well. I'm going to get to that point right now because to talk about the rebellion, what are we rebelling against? American capitalism? Well, you would think so, but capitalism has a nasty, nasty tendency to betray itself for the highest dollar because at heart they are, a, uh, they are an economy of whores. And so they will buy and sell themselves out even to their enemies for this undeniable obsession for profits. Now... Here is but a small list of companies that were operating in the United States that are now owned by China. And if the situation is not already befalling specific Texas companies, the possibility of their fate is just at jeopardy for going this way, for being bought by China in the future. And if you don't think a company is too large to be bought just on a pure dollar way. I'll try to include as many of these just so people can, no matter who you are, you know, this may not be for you sitting at home, but somebody is listening and will realize that this is fucking serious if they haven't already. Smithfield Sausage is now owned by a Hong Kong company. Iron Man Athletics is now owned by a China company. Forbes Magazine. Forbes Magazine is now owned by a Chinese company. Dirt Devil Vacuums is now owned by a Chinese company. Firestone and Purina are both owned by Japanese companies. General Electric is owned by a Chinese company. Motorola Phones is now owned by a Chinese company. IBM Computers, the PC division, is owned by a Chinese company. Legendary Entertainment Group is now owned by Chinese companies. Hoover Vacuums is now owned by a Chinese companies. Strategic Hotels and Resorts Management, which owns hundreds of different hotel chains, is owned by a Chinese company. General Motors out of Detroit, Michigan is now owned by Shanghai Automotive Industry Corps owned out of China. So General Motors, the auto company that Obama himself said would lead, would, would survive and never 
Leave America is now owned by foreigners. It's owned by China. Chevrolet is now owned by China. Spotify. Spotify, originally from New York, New York, now owned by China. So technically, I work for China. I work for myself, but I, ho- I broadcast over a Chinese uh, software, the Spotify. The Waldorf Astoria Hotels. The, they're owned by a Chinese management firm. Tesla Automotive is owned by China. That's right. Elon Musk's Tesla Automotive is owned by Tencent Holdings by majority stock control, and it's owned by China. Tencent Holdings operated from communist China. They're the majority shareholder with 21.7% of the shares. Snapchat. Snapchat, based out of Los Angeles, owned by Tencent Holdings out of China. Ingram Microworks, which is basically uh, computer chips and, and software, owned by China. Fidelity Life Insurance, owned by China. Universal Music and Entertainment Group, owned by China. WeWork, Temporary Labor Group and Workspace Group, owned by China. Segway Incorporated, owned by China. Sotheby's Insurance Company, owned by China. Brookstone Incorporated, real estate mega firm, owned by China. The Cleveland Cavaliers basketball team, owned by China. Riot Games, owned by China. Uber Technologies Incorporated, owned by Badu Incorporated, China. China owns Uber and Uber Eats. Omnivision Medical Technologies, owned by China. The University of Texas Medical Center, Anderson Cancer Center, in Houston, Texas. The largest cancer research center in America. It's owned by China. Hilton Hotel Network. Hilton Hotels, owned by the HNA Group out of China. Starplex Movie Cinemas, formerly of Dallas, Texas, now owned by the Dalian Wanda Group out of China. Fisher Price Toys, owned now by China. Hush Puppy Shoes, now owned by China. Gillette Razors, now owned by China. Barbie and Mattel, now owned by China.
Huffy Bikes, now owned by China. Oakley Sunglasses, now owned by China. Converse Shoes, purchased by Nike, now owned by China, meaning Nike Shoes. That's right, Nike Sports Company out of Beaverton, Oregon, is actually owned by China. It's not an American company, it's owned by the Chinese. Levi's Jeans. Levi's Jeans, originally from San Francisco, California, is now owned by China. They were purchased for $6.7 billion. Chevrolet, like I said, GM, now owned by China. Craftsman Tools, now owned by China. Samsonite Luggage, operated by a firm from China. Dell, Dell Computers, with their original headquarters in Round Rock, Texas, right outside Austin, in Silicon Hills, is now operated by majority shareholders from China, Malaysia, Brazil, and Ireland. It makes all of its servers in Austin, Texas, but now has outsourced the production of laptops after being acquired by a Chinese firm. Black & Decker. Black & Decker hand tools, power tools, owned by China. Ford, Ford Motor Company, owned by China. Hasbro Toys, creator of such inventions such as G.I. Joe, now owned by China. American Eagle Outfitters, owned by Retail Ventures, a company from China. Campbell's Soup. Campbell's Soup, now owned by Yum Yum Foods, which is, operates out of China. I can just keep going on and on and on. All these different brands, all these different... Uh, Jam, Smucker Jam Company, owned by a firm from China now. Tommy Hilfiger. And it just keeps going on. On and on. Schwinn Bikes. Rawling Sports Equipment. Fucking crazy. All these American companies. They're now owned by fucking uh, foreigners. And they're owned specifically by Chinese. And they have their offices like Dell Computer, which is famously celebrated for being the American computer that like you know was like the texas deep in the heart of america texas based dude you're getting a dell made for the american man uh computer that that employs texans that's for people in texas that helps out texas economy and it's owned now by a chinese firm that reaps the profits from all of that labor and reputation as well as the support by the technocrats AT&T, with its original headquarters from Dallas, Texas, owned by a Chinese firm that is unlisted. 
with much of its workforce being outsourced to Singapore or China. Microsoft has a controlling stock of Chinese investors. No one is safe. Just fucking crazy how many companies are actually owned by China or by Chinese firms, which are basically, if you know anything about China, puts them in the pocket of China. That's the Arasaka company right there, the cyberpunk reality that we're living in. It's the fucking Arasaka company, which is all of communist China, all of the Asians and shit that are ruling in America and ruling American companies as puppets and fucking uh, reaping the profits and everything. Do you know that Johnny Silverhand in the Cyberpunk 2077 game is from College Station, Texas? That shit is fucking weird. Uh, that's that type of shit that people don't want to talk about. It's so fucking weird. Because it, when you, you think about it, it's like just a kind of like a random fact. Like, oh, well, it's maybe coincidence because he has to be from somewhere, right? And this is like an obscure part. The game is set in a place called Night City, which is like Panama City or L.A. Uh, it's like this tropical, hot, like international. It's not in Texas at all. Johnny Silverhand is from fucking College Station, Texas. Either because he's a local and happens to be from there, or more likely because his uh, lineage, his, his parents have something to do with the school, uh, College Station, Texas A&M University. But also because the odds are this megalopolis between Dallas, Houston, which Houston is right between, uh, College Station is right between Dallas and Houston, he's in this Texas Triangle. And this Texas Triangle has both all of these fucking tech companies, but they also got all of these tech companies that are owned by the Chinese, their soccer company, etc., that would be just like their world or timeline without any exaggeration. What is happening in that, that timeline with the, the rise of these big tech companies, the internet, and these corpo wars? Is exactly the ground that is already established, that the world that is already existing right now inside of Texas. And with these these foreign companies and everything owning these huge segments of fucking shit in Texas, it's only a matter of time before they fucking start stepping over the line and start getting the the resistance of hackers and citizen hackers and citizen um um Internet warriors, digital warriors, info warriors that will come out of the fucking walls, that will come out of the shadows, that will come from these neighborhoods, these schools, these programs, come from their own education, uh, their own their own corporations, and take them down with, through acts of uh, you know internal sabotage or cyber war, and it will be an element of this civil war 2.0 or this Texas revolution, this independence, because one of the things that will happen is either the corporations will either be sided with or they will side with us rather the revolutionaries, the people who want Texas independence or Texas independence will have to nationalize their infrastructure, their real estate take possession of all their um, equipment either by force uh, most likely and then really take a stand against their foreign influence regardless of how powerful they've made the economy 
they are quickly becoming traitors to not only the state but the entire country and the entire identity of Americans using capitalism as the reason for it. Like, yes, they're American capitalist companies, but they're giving all of their profits to the Chinese, who are communists, who are exploiting them because the Chinese can make more profits because they can more heavily tax their citizens and use it in a militarized way, a weaponized, coordinated way, instead of the simple... um, calculations of profits and losses that American businessmen use for their own reputations and their loyalties to their stockholders, etc. Which, once the Chinese become the majority stockholder, become loyalties to the communist Chinese, using the capitalist's own system against them. Right? But there is a hacker group that has already come, that has already risen, that has already uh, arose from these earliest days, from the shit and come into existence um, as a type of titan, a Promethean titan that can give us hope, the common man hope, and that is the cult of the dead cow. following you. 
Aside from what you see and hear, I mean, you process or experience any feelings. Anger, regret, bitterness, fear. Though honestly, can't tell if they're yours or mine. Let's get out of here. You afraid of death? I'm afraid of wasted opportunities. Like Arasaka Tower? Came through it as you can see. And I ain't done with him yet. I see it. You don't know what you really want. So you concocted a boogeyman to fight. Arasaka. <laughs> You're funny. Got a new life you did. You got exactly no idea what to do with it. Honestly, don't differ a bit from those poor bastards handcuffed to the feeders and their megablock pads. Okay. I'll tell you why I want to destroy Arasaka, but I'll only tell you once. Want to hear it? All right. I saw a corpse strip farmers of water, and eventually of land. Saw them transform Night City into a machine fueled by people's crushed spirits, broken dreams, and empty pockets. Corps have long controlled our lives, taken lots, and now they're after our souls. I'd be right. I've declared war, not because capitalism's a thorn in my side or out of nostalgia for an America gone by. This war's a people's war against a system that spiraled out of our control. It's a war against the fucking forces of entropy. Understand? Do whatever it takes to stop them, defeat them, gut them. If I gotta kill, I'll kill. If I need your body, I'll fucking take it. Fucking hell. You still don't see it, but you will one day. The Cult of the Dead Cow, also known as CDC, or CDC Communications, with two lowercase c's and one capital D, is a computer hacker and DIY media organization founded in 1984 in Lubbock, Texas. The group maintains a weblog on its site, also titled Cult of the Dead Cow. 
New media are released first through the blog, which also features thoughts and opinions on the group's members. The Colts of the Dead Cows logo is a cross, like a first aid cross. A short, equal, four-sided cross with the silhouette of a bull's skull in the middle. Its founders were Grandmaster Rat, Franken-Gibb, and Sid Vicious. Its products were originally an e-zine, and then the software, the hacking software, Back Orifice, BO2K, NB Name, SMB Relay, and Tor Park. It has a list of noted membership of renowned hackers with names such as Mudge, Dildog, Sardistic, The Death Vegetable, Freakout, Oxblood, Omega, White Knight, Chris Cat, Lord Digital, Obscure Image, Tweety Fish, Lady Caroline, Chucky, Java Man, Sunspot, Count Zero, Greenpeace, Mixter, Ass Rabbit, Psychedelic Warlord, who happened to be in real life Beto O'Rourke, former Texas Senator, Mars Volta, bassist and potential governor our governor elect uh, was it uh, running for governor governor candidate Beto O'Rourke and famed liberal politician Beto O'Rourke was a was a known member of the cult of the dead cow hacker group It's affiliated with other hacker groups known as Hacktivismo, Ninja Strike Force, Mindvox, The Legion of Doom, Masters of Deception, The Sacrament of Transition, The Hong Kong Blondes, Acid Productions, The Souls at Zero, and The Neon Knights. Its website is cultdeadcow.com. Cultdeadcow, all one word, dot com. Its timeline. The group was formed in June 1984 at the Farm Pack Slaughterhouse by Grandmaster Rat, a.k.a. Swamp Rat, Franken-Gibb, and Sid Vicious, and three BBS sysops. In the 1980s, the Colts of the Dead Cow organized and maintained a loose collective of affiliated BBSs across the U.S. and Canada. It was during this time that the CDC is credited with coining the term 31337 as an alternative spelling of elite or elite an expression denoting skill or greatness in a person, place, or thing. In December 1990, CDC member Drunk Fox, the pseudonym of Jesse Dryden, the son of Jefferson Airplane drummer Spencer Dryden and grandnephew of Charlie Chaplin, legendary Hollywood actor, gave birth to the modern hacker con. HoHoCon, usually held in Houston, Texas, was the first hacker conference which invited the participation of both journalists and law enforcement. In all, DFX hosted five annual HoHoCons. In 1991, CDC was named Sassiest Underground Computer Group by Sassy Magazine. 
Also in 1991, the group began distributing music in the form of cassette tape albums sold through its post office box. Many of these albums are now available online in their entirety. October 1994 saw the creation of the CDC's Usenet newsgroup, alt.fan.cult/deadcow/cow, was thus the first hacking group to have its own Usenet newsgroup. In November of that year, the group claimed responsibility for giving Ronald Reagan Alzheimer's disease, claiming to have done so in 1986 with a blowgun. The CDC declared war on the Church of Scientology in 1995 during the alt.religion.scientology controversy, stating, We believe that L. Ron Hubbard is actually none other than Heinrich Himmler of the SS who fled to Argentina and is now responsible for the stealing of babies from hospitals and raising of the super soldiers for the purpose of overthrowing the U.S. federal government in a bloody revolution. We fear plans of a Fourth Reich to be established on our home soil under the vice-like grip of the oppression known as Scientology. In 1997, the CDC began distributing original MP3 format music on its sites. In August 1998, they presented their popular Back Orifice tool at DEF CON 6. In February 2000, the CDC was the subject of an 11-minute documentary short titled Disinformation. Also in February 2000, CDC member Mudge briefed President Bill Clinton personally on Internet security. CDC Communications is the parent organization of the Cult of the Dead Cow one of three groups that fall under CDC communications. The other two are Ninja Strike Force and Hacktivismo. In 1996, the CDC announced the birth of its Ninja Strike Force, a group of ninja dedicated to achieving the goals of the CDC and intervention task force, both online and offline. The CDC opened the NSF Dojo in 2004. An NSF Dojo member also operates a streaming radio station which features recordings of HackerCon presentations and other educational programming in addition to a wide range of musical styles and artists. Membership in the NSF is granted by the CDC to those individuals who stand out in their support of the CDC and its ideals. Members are recognized for their abilities, capabilities, and being the best of the best in the skills. In 2006, the Ninja Strike Force launched its own microsite. Hacktivismo. In the late 1990s, the CDC created Hacktivismo, an independent group under the CDC communications umbrella dedicated to the creation of anti-censorship technology in furtherance of human rights of the Internet. The group's beliefs are described fully in the Hacktivismo Declaration, which seeks to apply the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and the International Covenant of Civil and Political Rights to the Internet. Among Hacktivismo's beliefs, including access to information as a basic human right, the organization partially shares critical art ensemble CAE belief in the value of secrecy, but challenges both with CAE and many hacktivists on the subject of civil disobedience. The CDC model is instead one of the disruptive compliance. Disruptive in this case refers to disruptive technologies. Compliance refers back to the internet and its original intent of constructive free flow and openness. Hacktivismo has also authored its own software license agreement. Agreement, The Hacktivismo Enhanced Source Software License Agreements, which is source available but not open source. 
Their work focuses on the development of software that empowers conduct forbidden by repression, rather than enabling private or public attacks on repressors. In general, CDC hopes that open code can become the lingua franca of a hacktivism that seeks to wage peace, not war. While the term isn't used, the software describes in CDC's waging of peace across the Internet would create a set of connections between dissidents that sound in techno-liberationist terms rhizomatic. Crossover associations with other groups. In addition to the obvious associations between cults of the dead cow, Hacktivismo and the Ninja Strike Force, the CDC also has crossover associations with several other organizations. These include the Loft founding members White Knight and Count Zero and final members Dildog and Mudge are all members of the CDC. Additionally, the Night Stalker was a member of the Youth Internationalist Party Line Technology Assistance Program. Lord Digital, one of the founders of Mindvox, is a former member of the LODH and a current member of the Sacrament of Transition. Red Knight was a member of the Masters of Deception. Also, Radman, a member of the Ninja Strike Force, is one of the founders of Acid Productions. Another NSF member, Mark Hinge, is a founding member of the British hacker group, the Syndicate of London. Flack, another Ninja Strike Force member, was a co-founder of the horror lit group, Souls at Zero, Souls with a Z. Mudge later went on to a program manager, the Cinder program at DARPA. That's right, DARPA. That DARPA, D-A-R-P-A. Which aimed to detect insider threats like the WikiLeaks source. Electronic Publication During the 1980s, the CDC was well known through the BBS scene for their underground e-zine, also called Cults of the Dead Cow. The group claims to have invented the e-zine. The Cults of the Dead Cow has been credited with coining the term elite as used in the hacker scene computer underground in CDC text files of the 1980s. The e-zine has led to some criticism of the group over the years. In a 1994 episode of Geraldo entitled Computer Vice, Geraldo Rivera referred to a group as a bunch of sickos for having published an article called Sex with Satan, originally published in 1988 over the Internet. In 1996, CDC member Omega used the term hacktivism in an email to other group members. The group has been active in hacktivist causes since that time. The Hong Kong Blondes In the late 1990s, the CDC claimed to have worked with a group of Chinese dissidents called the Hong Kong Blondes. The group's ostensible goal was to disrupt computer networks within the People's Republic of China in order to allow citizens to access censored content online. The Hong Kong Blondes were ostensibly one of the first hacktivist groups through the group's existence and actions have proven to be invented fictions. The CDC first spoke about the group publicly in a presentation at the 1997 Beyond Hope Conference held at the Puck Building in New York City. Members claimed to have advised the group on strong encryption techniques. The CDC formally severed ties with the Hong Kong Blondes in December 1998. In 2015, former CDC member Oxblood Ruffian 
claimed without evidence that the hacking activities attributed to the Hong Kong blondes were an invention intended to create a diversion and cover for the extraction of several Chinese pro-democracy activists by the CIA. Asked about the group during a White House meeting in February 2000 organized by the then National Security Advisor Richard A. Clark with President Bill Clinton, Mudge admitted Oh, sorry, Mudge admitted working with the Hong Kong Bloods. Sorry about that. Page had to be loaded. Sorry, advertising. On January 7th, 1999, the CDC joined with an international coalition of hackers to denounce a call to cyber war against the governments of China and Iraq. As well as a denouncing of cyber war in the future as a real military possibility. The Slobodan Milosevic trial. When questioning Patrick Ball during his International War Crimes Tribunal in 2002, Slobodan Milosevic asked Ball about his relationship with the CDC. Ball had given a talk and been a member of the Cult of the Dead Cow-sponsored panel on hacktivism at DEFCON 9 in 2001. The Gulag Campaign Gulag with two O's like Google. In early 2006, the Cult of the Dead Cow launched the Gulag with Galt, a play on the word Gulag, Soviet forced labor camps, and the name Google, campaign in response to Google's decision to comply with China's internet censorship policy and censor search results in the mainland Chinese version of its search engine. The campaign consists primarily of the use of a parody of Google's logo, which reads Gulag, exporting censorship one search at a time. The group encouraged readers to make t-shirts and other merchandise and donate any proceedings from their sale to the Human Rights in China group. Students for a Free Tibet held an anti-Google rally in Dharamasala, India. On February 14, 2006, employing the logo in a various of ways, a variety of ways, the CDC then issued a press release about the campaign wherein it described Microsoft, Yahoo, Google, and Cisco as the gang of four due to their respective policies of compliance with the Beijing's government's internet policies. The United States Congress was also called out on this issue in the release. This press release originally entitled Congress Jerks Off, Gang of Four Reach for Raincoats was picked up by many news sources as an abbreviated version of it was distributed by the PR web with altered title of Cults of the Dead Cow launches campaign against internet censorship in China. So there you have it, a hacker group that is known for making uh, software, a lot of uh, crazy shit they have produced over the time, but they've worked with the White House, they've worked with the federal government, the U.S. government, uh, with state government in terms of security. Uh, One actively works for DARPA. They've been active against the Chinese government. Like I said, many of the businesses are being bought by China. This is... 
a inspirational history. You can't change what is or what the true nature is, and it has to be learned from. Yeah, they lick boot, apparently, and work for the fucking man and DARPA and the military to try to keep uh, the truth from getting out and basically being both white hat, quote-unquote white hat hackers, but really they're just uh, system, you know, system dogs, basically. Mercenaries, nerds, what can you what can you do? They're nerds, they're American citizens, and they have to work for the American empire if they, if they wish to even be alive. And I know at that level, they are probably threatened with their life. They are probably blackmailed immensely. And, but the, the essence is fine. Like I said, these men aren't perfect, but the essence was great. And that this is a grassroots, citizen-controlled, self-educated, self-motivated hacker group that arose in the fucking 1980s in Lubbock, Texas, through the university system and through just through the uh, internet craze, the tech craze that was coming on that no one even knows about, but everyone seemingly does because it has produced uh, an amazing reach of influence across society, including if you were alive and aware, awake, you know, adult in the 2000s to 2010s as well as the 1990s, these really were the issues regarding technology, the internet, security, government's role in it, um, these, these new industrial trends, as well as the emerging communist Chinese presence and controlling information and the cyber age and the division between societies of freedom and liberty and censorship and repression, of which, by the way, the corpo technocrats that operate in Texas are on the side of censorship and repression and control, mostly because they are controlled from the very top and the behind the shadows by the Chinese, the same Chinese that the cult of the dead cow once fought against and currently still does uh, in its own way. Although its major activism era was, was from the 1990s to the 2010s, right? And it has to be picked up by the modern uh, people, by the new people who use everything from military training to uh, self-education and just lifelong experience online to pick up torches, to uh, pick up the baton, to continue this revolutionary hacking, hacktivism, and fight for universal human rights through digital information and digital access, uh, control, and uh, equalization, because these companies are not paying their laborers fair wages, they're not being transparent, they're using exploitative practices, they're operating in Texas mostly because they can use exploitative practice, right to work state, which extends to all corporations, including high salaried engineering jobs and uh, post-industrial uh, jobs, as well as the creation and funding, taking care, uh, taking advantage of the massive uh, funds available through grant programs of an eager to succeed and dominate state that is making over $2 trillion a year with an enormous investment from the Chinese government on top of that. So we got to stop these fucking robber barons and dukes and fife lords and these fucking like overlords and these tech industries and these engineering castes, which are both enriching Texas, but is selling us out hand over hand 
um, to the Chinese government without any preservation on mind of universal rights, Texas rights, American rights, any kind of respect to us as a common people or as an actual individual thing besides a place for their businesses to profit and thrive and, and, and basically vampire us to death. Right, and basically use us as as, uh, as cattle, and that brings us full circle to the need to empower ourselves and weaponize our intelligence, and become hacktivists in the spirit of the cult of the dead cow, which, as happened before, can happen again, and can reach as far as national governance. In terms of influence and respect when it comes to cybersecurity, cyberculture, um, and corporate control by the people for the people. You know, and it, it's absolutely up to us to do so because we're living in a cyberpunk 27-7 right now. We're living in the early days of it. We're living in that, that, that world of the cyberpunk era. We have been since the 1980s. We have had its future from the Howard Hughes days, moving in that direction. Texas has a date with destiny, and it is post-human. It is post-industrial. Uh, it is post-fucking uh, uh, transhuman. It is post-apocalyptic. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it is that cyberpunk fucking future. And that cyberpunk future is today. And that has been the technocracy and the high tech in Texas. Thank you each and every one of you for listening to the broadcast of the Beyond Top Secret Texan. I have been the Beyond Top Secret Texan. Broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast of the most, Gulf Coast of Texas. Thank each and every one of you out there in Dreamline listeners, new and old. Namaste and salam. Thank you for supporting, sharing, subscribing, liking, following this on Twitter. Uh, reviewing, leaving your stars, your two cents. Uh, thank you each and every one of you who leave a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars through the Cash App app to donating in that tip jar uh, for episodes like this and many, many others released every two days currently uh, to be coming out in the future so that we can survive and thrive. We require you, your love, your support, your generosity, and uh, your remuneration. All we ask for is a donation, a tip. If you would tip your waiter, if you would tip a barista, uh, all we ask for is a tip, a sandwich, uh, you know, a coffee, a case of beer, uh, however you want to rationalize it, a large pizza, whatever. Thank you all very much. Um, you know, answer the question at the at the poll and everything. Ask through Spotify. Uh, if you're available through that, through your listenership, tell me which one you listen to, which service you use, and everything. Um, I like to hear these. I like to hear the analytics. Tell me which episode was your favorite. If you have a favorite episode, how I should be making new episodes, what subject I should be covering, and everything. Let me know. Communicate. You can reach me over Twitter. You can reach me uh, through Telegram, etc. Um, you know, chill out. Link tree slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. God bless you and your families. Peace out. <laughs>